Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew Hall. Hi, buddy. I like that jingle. It's still good, Did huh? you create that? Where I did, did that, not. Where did it come you, from? Uh, who do you think? Sarah Maine. That's right. That's right. Ah. Anything that's lasting. <laughs> <laughs> that's good and pure and holy. Who is Sarah? Uh, oh, I hope you're listening, Sarah. I had lunch you. with her. Did you. I tell you I had lunch with her? Yeah. yeah. It was so, so good. It's good. I mean, that, how could it not be? Yeah, it's true. Well, lunch with some people is not all that good. Yeah, but it's Sarah. Yeah. And you know what? It's so cool for the people that are listening that don't have biological daughters. Mm. It's good to have spiritual daughters. Amen. It's so good just to love somebody that, that is so worthy of And your it's love. okay. That's I think yeah. a lot of men think that it's not okay to love a younger person in, in that way because the world is is the world and the enemy will use whatever he can to discourage but yeah it's okay one of the best parts is when you walk into a room and the person likes you just as much as you like them like yeah. with my grandkids oh <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i can't so, wait i can't wait yeah yeah you gotta get some of those they're I need real good some. i need them i gotta tell you something not only have I loved our guest today since the very first time that I met her, flat out, but I think she gets that a lot because when everybody was saying, Jamie, you're gonna hire Jamie Martin? What? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then everybody, all behind her back, talking about her behind her back. They love her, they love her, they love her. I guess some people get that. That's so cool. And then the bad part about it is when people got rumors that I was hiring Jamie Martin. They try to steal her from me. Oh my goodness. Oh, there are people who've been on this show who try to steal her. Oh my goodness. I know. I don't know. I don't depravity. Know. Depravity the, of man. Depravity. <laughs> Jamie Martin, I'm so happy that you're here. Hi. Welcome. How are I'm, you? I'm humbled. Are you? Extremely humbled. Yes. Thank you. We should be on YouTube so they could see these tears. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. I don't know what I did or how I <laughs> got here, but. Thank you. One thing about it, and you're newer to this family, this spiritual family yeah. that we're in, but isn't it good? It's really good. <laughs> it's so cool. Like I've always dreamed that there's a place that's a church like this. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Where people love each other, they disciple each other, they mentor each other, they're real with each other, and they don't hold back. But then just the reality of it and in each other's business, not in a bad way, but like just always supporting each other. I just... You always think that that's like the ideal church and it doesn't exist anywhere. And then here it was in my own backyard. Yeah, <laughs> an ideal in a really messy sort of way. Right, right. Like <laughs> it's not people. it's not perfect, no. however. They wouldn't let us come if no, it was. But the way that everybody is so focused on being attached to the vine and yeah. the fruit comes from that, that's the ideal, right? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So my wife Sylvia comes up every time and again here. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were watching that Will Smith movie, Pursuit of Happiness, mm -hmm. where pursuit is spelled wrong, I think. <laughs> and he and his son are sitting in a public bathroom. They've locked the door because they're homeless. Right. And like he covered his son in paper towels. And Sylvia says, oh, he needs a church family. <laughs> Yeah, so that's our big pitch for Foothills. Jamie, yeah. how's your French coming? I can't even tell you in French how bad it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said learning French, was that a stretch? Or no, a slow I learn process? every day. I 
spend about 30 minutes a day on it. I should spend more time, but I don't have it. Give us a little French, just what you have. Um, je voudrais boire quelque chose. Okay, now have you offended anybody with no. what you just said? What did you I say? I would like something to drink. <laughs> okay, and it's right here. It's See right how there. it worked? And it worked. Yeah, there you go. The reason I bring up the French is because when we first connected and you might be interested in something that we're doing at the right. church and everything, it, you put down your multicultural background. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it started when I was born. Actually, before I was born, my parents were missionaries in Mexico when they met. My dad's from Philadelphia, my mom's from Texas, and they were teenagers, and they went to go plant churches down in Mexico. So it started with that as like they're, they have a very mission-minded heart, and I always laugh that my parents will eat anything, they will try anything. They started as missionaries, but then my dad was going to get drafted into the military. His number came up for Vietnam, so he went back to America and enlisted in the Navy so he wouldn't get sent to the Army. And they found out he was super smart in languages, so mm -hmm. they put him into school, so he learned Russian instead of getting sent to Vietnam, which is blessing because his brothers were already there and stuff. Did his brothers make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. my uncles are all good. So he learned Russian, and then when he came back into you know American life, of course, when they say, where do you want to get sent? My parents are putting all these foreign places, and they get Spain. Well, my dad went to Turkey first and then went to Spain. And he rode subs off and on. He would get sent on missions because he was a Russian linguist. That's where I was born. I was born in Spain. I think hearing Spanish my whole life in the womb to growing up, my parents would speak Spanish so that we wouldn't understand them. But then we started understanding them. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, and then they started spelling words in Spanish so that we wouldn't understand it because it's really hard to follow the spelling in Spanish. Yeah, okay. So from the womb, it's always been in my brain, Spanish and cultures and always involved with missions. And then my dad got out of the military. We went to Philadelphia again and then Maryland. My dad went to seminary and learned Hebrew and Greek. And then he became a missionary, like a full-time missionary. So then we went around America gathering support. Yeah, so we went back to Spain. And because my parents lived there when I was born, they lived on the base and stuff, but they got really involved in the small churches that were around the base that were evangelical. At the time especially, it was very odd to be evangelical Christian versus just Catholic. Right. And so they got really involved in those churches. So then when we went back to Spain, we went to be missionaries to the military. But again, we still went and did a lot of stuff with the local churches. And we would take the military people that were Christians with us. Like we would build something or plant something, yeah. things like that. Just getting more involved in cultural stuff. So my dad's taught as a professor. And he always teaches like intercultural communications and missions and things like that. So it's always been a big part of my life. And then yeah. as soon as I could fly by myself, I just started going back to Spain and I would travel all over Europe and it's just one of those things like anytime I meet somebody from another country it's like I feel like I've met a celebrity and I'm like tell me everything <laughs> what do you do like how is it this how do you raise your children where do you go to school like how does that work because you think as Americans I've actually had Americans tell me Americans don't have a culture they say oh we don't have a culture I'm like we absolutely have a culture because as soon as somebody comes from a different place you realize how different we are and our culture is very different yeah but we're so i guess ignorant in that thinking that we think we don't have one so then through this that and the other doors opening i became a flight attendant and now i get to go everywhere and meet people from all over and Fun. it's so cool because it's like it's absolutely been in my dna from day one <laughs> that people are all so the same 
in like their nucleus, you know, yeah. and their like, humanity. <laughs> right? If you get to that, but the cultural differences separate us. But you can find those common denominators, and you can reach people in a different way. So that's why I'm trying to learn French so that I can get more French trips. France to me is very reminiscent of Spain, and since we don't go to Spain very often with my company. I could go to Paris more often and I would love it. Too. Gotcha. Yeah. It's really interesting because you just don't know what the Lord is training you for, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You you know a little bit down the road, but you don't know how he's really going to bring it all together. Mm-hmm. And so what I've seen with you, I mean, your love for culture and travel, boom, you're doing it, right? right? Mm-hmm. And number two, your emphasis generational from your dad and for you too. I mean, you work with me on the communications team Mm -hmm. and communications is such a part Mm -hmm. of who you are, right? How does that inform your faith and how you communicate Jesus? How does that work? Because you don't have to go around the world to find a different culture. Here where we live, you go across the street and Mm -hmm. you're in a completely different culture. I was prayer walking down Main Street here in Oklahoma, and half the signs aren't in English. Mm-hmm. So there, there's culture everywhere. So I want to mm-hmm. hear about that. How do you reach out to people in different cultures with the love of Jesus? How does that work? I would say mostly it's the relationship right off the bat. Just like y- you said, when you walk into a room and two people like each other a lot, and you can just tell they like each other, and everything's happiness, it's like when you go to somebody with a smile, as simple as that is, and say, I love this food. How did you make this? As soon as you give that one instance of adoration, they instantly become family. I'm sure he knows in Italy, it's the same in Spain. Once you make that connection, which is very different than Americans, you literally become family. And it's very easy to talk to them because they don't have those borders that we have major boundaries as Americans. We're more like the British or the Germans in our culture. And so it's, oh, don't let them too close because then they're going to take advantage of you and they're going to take this from you and they're going to, but other cultures are a lot less like that, I find. I feel like that's what's missing a lot in our culture. So as soon as you say, hey, I'm going to eat your food, I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to admire your children and how beautiful they are, as soon as you do that, they are like... They're yours. It's, so powerful. it's disarming for mm-hmm. sure. So powerful. I really like the part where you talk about initiating it. Mm-hmm. You're the one that takes that mm-hmm. first step 100%. of reaching out. I think that's a big deal. I think yeah. that can really be helpful to people. And I learned that mostly in becoming a flight attendant. It's almost uncomfortable initiating, but you think it, it, it's uncomfortable for you. But f- at first, but then you realize every time you do it, I'd say like 99% of the time, I get the reaction that I was anticipating which is oh my goodness yes i can tell somebody to take their kid put them in a seat and put a seatbelt on them and somehow they do it but it's not because i go could you put a seatbelt on your kid it's because i walk over and i go oh my goodness how are you guys doing look at that dress you're wearing where are you going blah blah blah. and then at the very end very end i say okay make sure you put that seatbelt on that listen to your mom and dad you guys are doing a great job as soon as you say that it doesn't matter what culture they are. They're going to do whatever you ask them to do. Matt, don't you want to get on a plane I do. that Jamie's in charge of? I sure of? <laughs> do. I sure do. And that's what I tell people. You know, So we do a briefing when we fly, and we have to talk with the pilots. And they say stuff like, okay, if anybody gives you any trouble back there, let us know and we'll get them off the plane. I mean, they say that every single time. And I just <laughs> laugh. I'm like, 
okay, thank you for that. Thank you. And then I go, I've never, ever had a problem with a passenger ever. And I've been flying for seven and a half years. Now, you and I have talked about conflict resolution too, though, because you have been in charge of that. And the thing that I loved about what you're talking about, and I'm sure this weaves into how people share their faith, Sent 315, but defense fusing situations. Mm-hmm. That's something that you're made for and that you do. Mm-hmm. How'd you learn that? What kind of tips are there? Or maybe you have a, an example of diffusing oh, a tense situation. a lot of times, yeah. Think about what you want. The most empathetic response. So, like I have a gate agent and here all flustered. Well, we're not going to get out of here on time and blah, 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 blah. And that person wants to bring on a bag and blah, 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 all this stuff. And they don't want to check it. And it's all of a sudden there's a conflict that was never, it's just a conflict of you want time, more time, and they don't want to let go of their bag. So it's, I'm so sorry. I empathize with the gate agent. I say, I'm so sorry. We'll try to get this plane out on time. If there's a problem, just put it on me. I'm the problem. You won't get in trouble. But then telling the passenger, we're going to try and stick it on the plane, but if we can't, we're going to have to let it go. And I'm so sorry, but I will do my best. So it takes energy. It just takes energy. Mm. And I found, I actually had this epiphany the other day when I was dealing with stuff with my husband. He's like, well, why didn't you say this? Why didn't you say that? I'm like, it came down to, I didn't have the energy. Mm -hmm. If I put in a little bit more energy and said, hey, please, can we blah, blah, or could you, and I'm going to go do this or text him, small little things, then all the conflict goes away. And it's just about putting a little bit more energy into the, I hear you and I'm so sorry and let me see what I can do. And usually I can find a spot for a bag. I'll move my bag. I'll put my bag. Well, the cockpit's got room. Come on. (laughs) Put some bag in there. If it's not ticking. (laughs) One time I was in Germany and the flight attendant stuck bags in the bathroom. I was like so horrified. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they can can do it. If you have to do it, you have to do it. They Um, came out all blue, but it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it's really just taking that extra piece of energy going, okay, this is a little bit of my energy I have to expend on you and that is going to make your life a thousand times better easier and in return i'm going to get all my energy back because you're going to be happy you're going to say yeah, thank you you're going to give me something and it's, what's there to lose it's reciprocated that is really really good and understanding that in relationships not just the situations that you're talking about but in relationships i have run out of energy for people mm-hmm. and i have to say lord i give up and i need you Mm -hmm. Because I just don't have enough for this. I am not enough for this. And he'll do that, especially, Mark Hoffman said once, there's no situation that can't get resolved with a little bit more Jesus, Mm -hmm. a little bit more love. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said, you get that energy back. You're giving them energy and you'll get, almost all the time, you'll receive back what you're putting out there. Mm Yeah. This is Future Quest right now, so it's crazy. But I got to teach a breakout about sharing your faith to a bunch of junior high and high school students. And I got 40 minutes. First of all, I wanted interactive. I want them sharing wisdom, Mm -hmm. and they did. Mm -hmm. But one of the things was, in relationships, be the kind of person, live the kind of life that demands questions. Mm. Because First Peter 3.15 says, be ready to, for everybody that asks you mm-hmm. about the hope that's in you. Well, you've got to live a life that people go, hmm, oh my goodness, what yes. about you? How did you get to be this way? What's mm-hmm. up with that? Mm-hmm. And that's what I see you doing. And I'm sure that you're not as perfect as Kathy says you are. But <laughs> for yes. the most part, you are an example of that. Being the kind of person that, you know, it's irresistible. Mm. Yeah, and I think I learned a lot from my my dad, he was trained as a carpenter, 
because his dad was a carpenter, so he learned that trade. And that literally, he used that trade to float him through college and seminary. Then we went to the mission field, and he had to literally rebuild this old house we lived in. And any time something was put in front of him, he was like, okay, I can do that. I can learn that. He learned plumbing when we were in Spain. He learned electrical. He's everything that comes into his domain it's like okay i do that and he's always said whatever is put in front of you do it with the best of your abilities as unto god and literally i feel like i've never people say oh you never work a day in your life if you do what you love but it's like (laughs) i've told people I, i don't feel like i work i have technically three jobs and five kids and I don't feel like I work. And my husband probably thinks I have a vacation all day, every day. Because it's I love, I love it. I love doing co- communications at the church. is like a dream come true. I tell people all the time, I said, I feel like I work in heaven. And I said, <laughs> but I wasn't called to heaven yet. I'm still called to this earth. And so I love that I get to do that for the church. But then I still am on the ground every yeah. day with non-Christians. Me too. Every single Me day. too. I love it. Yeah. Because... That's what we're called to be light and salt on this earth. Yes. And everything that comes into my hands, do it as unto God, and you literally won't work. I mean, it just, it's a pleasure. Before I was working for the church, I was working as the PE teacher. And I just told the girls about this at the Young Adults Bible Study. When I first got the job, because they were like, do you want to be the PE teacher? And I was like, yes, okay. I've never been a PE teacher. Everybody laughed at me because I'm not an athletic person. I'm athletic, but I'm not, I don't work out. I'm not a health freak or anything. And they're like, how are you going to teach them about (laughs) physical education? The first few weeks, it was really hard. They were running all amok. And I was like, this is like hurting, not even cats. It was like hurting worms or something. (laughs) They were everywhere. And they wouldn't listen. I'd have to yell at each person to get them to do what I wanted. And then, I don't know, I just had this like epiphany from God. Just be you Mm. to these kids. Mm. And I was like, okay. So I sat on the ground. I would get in the butterfly position with the kids and they would all come. I blew the whistle and it's like magic. They all knew what to do. They all came and emulated what I did. And then I just started stretching and just start talking to them. And that's what I love. What's going on in school? What was your favorite thing this weekend? Does anybody have a dog? Just getting that relationship from them. Oh my goodness. The rest of the two years I was there, almost two years, it wasn't work anymore. It was relationship, which I do well. And so I'd sit down there and we would do that for 10 minutes. And then I'd be like, okay, what game do you guys want to play? And they'd say three games. And I'd go, okay, we're going to do rock, paper, scissors. Whoever wins gets to play the game. And all of that, it was their choice. It was their fun. And then again, I was doing a job that people were like, how do you do that job? How do you have 60 kids on a field listening to you? I'm like, the relationship is there now. You get in their life mm-hmm. and you let them know it. that they're important, that you see them. Oh my them. gosh, they all come running up, giving yeah. me hugs. Oh my gosh. It's hug day today. Is it hug day today? Yes, every day is hug day. I'm so glad I got that opportunity to do something that was super hard for me, that was super out of my comfort zone and realize I think that you can do any job as long as you realize God has made you for a purpose and he will do in that job with you, what you were made Amen. to do in that job. Amen. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. It takes that extra energy and it all came. I walk on that campus to this day. I get bombarded by love, all these hugs. Yeah. Everybody wants to be close to coach. I feel like a mom to these kids and it only took just a little effort from me to say, so I'm not having a good day either. I'm like, it's Tuesday. I'm like, I'm stretching. It's cold. It's wet. It's all these things. And I'm like, what'd you guys do this weekend? And then they tell me, and then I go, here's what I did. And then they listen. 
what did you do? And then they started asking me. Yeah. And we would have problems on the court or something would happen. And I'd be like, okay, let's stop. And we would all go sit down again. And we would talk about the relationships. What is more important? Being the winner? No. Being the loser? No. What's more important? The kingdom of God. <laughs> Period. This is not a public school. <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting. And I want to preface all that to say that for the most part, and I'm, I know sometimes I fail and I go out on my own, but I really try to go, what does God want to say in this moment? Because we are just vessels, right? We're yeah, vehicles yeah. of His stuff. So it's like when something happens and the kids are crying about something, what is the heart issue? What is really going on? What does God want to teach these kids right now? And sometimes I would say stuff and I'd be like, okay, that was really good. I'm going to say it at the next class. That's a good one. I'm putting that in my notes, yep. you know? The next class and I try to say it, I'm like, this isn't coming out the same. It wasn't for them. It right. wasn't for them. Yeah. Right. And I really had to realize that. No, what does this class need to know? So what does this person, you know, on the plane? I can't just say every family is the same. I can't be like, oh, this family is from this country, so they like this. No, I still have to go. What is it for these people? Yeah. What's going on in them? Do I see hurt in the mom? Do I see hurt in the dad? A lot of people come on the planes that just came from funerals. You wouldn't believe. Oh my goodness. How, oh my goodness. Think about it. If you're taking your whole family yeah. on a trip, you're either going on a vacation or you're going to see family. And it's mm -hmm. sometimes it's for a really hard thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these principles, they translate into all sorts of yep. arenas, right? What does God want to say to these people? Mm -hmm. And seeing people as this beautiful creation mm -hmm. of God mm -hmm. who sometimes are in broken situations, this is all translatable. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to get to this part. So I have this strong conviction that nobody is born Christian, even if their parents are international missionaries <laughs> and Russian linguists Absolutely. especially and all of that. How did you meet the Lord? What was that all about? All Him, 100% Him. I feel like He has chased me my whole life. And at a very young age, I remember sitting in my room, and I don't know, I was playing or something, and this thought came into my head, that I want to go to heaven. I was like, and I wasn't at church. I wasn't at a conference. I wasn't at all these things. And I was like, I want to go to heaven. And I went to my mom and I said, mom, I really want to go to heaven. And she's like, you can't go to heaven. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I have never heard that approach. <laughs> she's like, you can't go to heaven unless Jesus washes you clean because wow. your heart is black. She was straight up with me. And I so appreciate that because there's no way I can get to heaven. I was very young. Like I said, I was four and a half or five years old. And I was like, I'm depraved. I do all these things wrong. I know I'm bad. I knew that there was separation between me and going to see God. And she was like, do you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart and cleanse you? Everything makes you white as snow. And he sees you now perfect. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Two I, hands up. Yeah, I'm on board. And she goes, now he's going to live inside of you and he's going to talk to you. And he's going to, you can pray to him anytime you want. Oh, man. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's that's it. And so different than many of my peers, I've always been very spiritually minded and I know it's from that exact moment the Holy Spirit came and lived mm, in my heart. Amen. So good. Amen. And I've definitely said, Hey Holy Spirit, take a slip back seat. I'm gonna take the steering wheel from here. I got this. <laughs> that's, you know? a, that's a great approach. <laughs> <laughs> I got this and he It's honest. Right. And I, many times, but I know that he keeps on chasing me and he keeps on saying, and I've, there's been times where I knew that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I knew he was right there. He was right there. I knew as soon as I went and turned my head just a little, he was going to 
get me. And so I wouldn't turn my head. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And be stubborn as. It's like a spoiled rich kid <laughs> where you know that your parents are just going to cover everything and they're going to forgive you. It's like a spoiled rich yeah, kid. Yeah, and that's How why funny. I feel like I'm definitely cured of that. Yeah, stubbornness me too. Because I I did it for too long, too many times, and now I'm just overwhelmed by His grace that He keeps on, and I'm never going to abuse that grace again. I can't say I promise, but it's I. It's very common with MKs and PKs. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. yeah, no, I get that. The thing is, it's really good for everyone to understand He continues His pursuit of right. us mm-hmm. even after we give our life Amen. to Him, because mm-hmm. sometimes we try to snatch it back. But secondly, He wants. Everything he has for us, mm-hmm. every bit of it. And he knows mm-hmm. how we're made and what we need, and he wants to pour out the whole thing. Right. What's the Lord teaching you right now? What's on your heart right now? Right now. Probably the fact that I can love and be so his vessel so many places, and then I come home and I'm, no, I'm not going to have the energy for that. <laughs> and the people that are closest to me don't get the energy that I should put in mm. and that they're not getting the, what does God want to say to this person? They're just getting Jamie. I'm going to go take a shower and then I'm going to go to bed and nobody talked to me. I don't say it that way, but that's really what I'm doing. And that's my first mission field. That's my first yeah. ministry. You said five kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five kids, four dogs and a bunny. A lot of energy dis- and a pony. dispensation. <laughs> No, so no funny. Um, Yeah, so it's like I'm really realizing I've been selfish in that. I think I put on the whole armor of God, blah, blah, blah. I walk out the door and I'm like, who's going to get the Holy Spirit today? And what am I going to say? And how am I going to affect these people? And I listen when people are talking to me and I'm doing all this internal praying and, okay, what should I say? What should I do? And then when it's my husband, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) No, no, yes. I have these quick, rapid responses with almost zero thought. And I think that's really where I've, I'm getting super convicted about that. That shouldn't be. A lot of us can relate to that more than once, many, many times more than once, been convicted that my family doesn't deserve my leftovers. Mm. They deserve my best. So we just have to depend on him and get that from him when we're out, when we're empty. But he promises that he'll give it to us. We just got to ask him. And then it will be reciprocated. We know this in the real life world, right? So I know if I just put in that extra energy that I can't wait for other people to change. I have to yeah. be the change that I want to see in my family. Yeah. So, yeah, it all comes down to me, really. I take full responsibility for it and need to just really s- dedicate time in my prayer life to say, God, what do I want to say to my family? How do I want to be for this r- situation, not just what I've always done, like the habit? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Would you mind praying for everybody listening? Okay. Sure. Good. Then do it. Okay. Lord God, thank you so much for this time, for meeting us here. Lord, I pray for anybody who's out there listening and is low on energy and low on their calling. They don't know what they're supposed to do. Lord, that you would just put inside them, download how they can be themselves. That doesn't take very much energy but just be themselves to everyone around them so that you can use them to the ability that you have for them. Yeah. We're not all Kevin Millers. We're not all Kathys. We're not all these pastors. We are just normal people, Lord. And they would say them, them, themselves that they're that too, but we're just made by you and we know that you have a purpose for us. So just 
help every person out there to know that they are already loved, they are already in your will, and then just to go in that strength and go in that. God, I don't know how you use any of us, but you continue to use us, and it's a marvel. So I just pray, Lord, that we never take your grace for granted, we never take your Holy Spirit for granted, that we just stay with you always. Lord, I pray that my heart would be softened to you always, to be corrected by you, and that you would continue to use all of us, Lord, for your glory, that you may increase, that your kingdom may increase, and that your, your kingdom will come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody go get on a plane with Jamie Martin. Yeah. Go to Spain. (laughs) Bye-bye. Or France. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're going to dive back into a conversation that was off air. Yeah. Because it was so important. It was so good. Yeah, it's so good. Let's go. I asked Jamie, hey, do you pray for the people on your flights? Because I'll tell you something. When I get on an airplane, sometime I'm an instrument of Mm. righteousness in God's hand, Mm. and I'll say, what do you got, God? I'll just look for opportunity like you're talking about. Mm. And in the back of my mind thinking, is that flight attendant, is she praying too? Mm. You never know. So do you pray for the people that get on your flight? Yeah, we have the great advantage of getting on a plane 50 minutes before you guys get on or whatever. Sometimes we're eating, a lot of times, and but I walk through and I look at all the chairs and a lot of time I touch almost every single chair and it's like this continuous prayer. May these people see the light in me, ask me questions. May they be full of love. May they see the love from us. I pray over them and I don't even know the things I say. I just know I'm praying for these people yeah, that are about yeah. to come in. It's like and, spiritual. Yeah. And I get all the way to the back and I think the thing that's really crazy is how much time, and I think a lot of people forget, that the crew spends together. So I have three to four people each weekend that I spend time with, and it's three days straight, usually, and we're together. I mean, we have 14-hour days. Sometimes yeah. we go, we sleep for 10 hours, and we get back on the plane. And they're different people. There's different groups of people, mm-hmm. right? It's not always yeah. the same crew. No, no. Yeah, so one week it'll be like two guys and two girls. Sometimes it'll be two guys and one girl and whatever. They're always different. And I spend a lot of time with them. And that's really where my – I used to get on the plane and it was the people and whatever. And then I realized my mission field is really those people that I travel with. Yeah. In that time, you get really close. People start telling you everything, their life story. You have yeah. all this time together when you're taking off landing or when you guys are sleeping or eating. We're just sitting in the back doing nothing. And so you really get to know each other. And I think that's so crazy too. Most people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually an introvert. And I'm really, I love one-on-one. And one-on-one is my gem. And I had no idea being a flight attendant, you think you have to be the super extrovert, and you do. But I didn't realize how God made me for that one-on-one conversation. And I'm sitting there with one flight attendant, usually on the jump seat next to me, and they're going on about their life. And it's all walks of life. They are from all over the country. They're from all over the world, some of them. And I hear them, and it's from those connections that they start to trust me. And I say, okay, God, what do you want to say? How can I direct this problem in their life to God? And how can I direct that to the Word? And how can I use Scripture? Because Scripture is so powerful, and I know if I just get a Scripture into their life, that God will do the rest of the work. And so I'm like, how can I relate to a Scripture? And that's why it's really important to try to memorize or know the Bible. You might not know verbatim. So yeah, 
I try to get into their brain. And now I have so many flight attendants. We have each other on text. When things are going bad, they know who to text. You Even know? if they're very far from God. I'm talking far. <laughs> I, I was talking to you earlier that I know th these people probably make fun of me behind my back and I'm the crazy Christian girl or I'm whatever you name me. But I know that when they need something, they text me. That's right. And they'll even say, will you pray for me? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll remember you. Yep. And I know if I can just say the word of God to them and in some small capacity, that those words are going to stick with them forever. It's not me, it's the word. And that has been really amazing. And that's why I don't want to quit the job in yeah. most of As much as I want you full time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that relationship that I'm getting yeah. with these people, it's three to four, like I said, four people every single week of the year. And there's potential to lead them to the Lord Absolutely. every single time. There's two principles I pull out of this, and this is why I wanted this bonus on here. You got it, buddy. It's because, number one, Christians, when you get on the airplane, there's a chance that there's a Christian that got on that airplane before you mm -hmm. and prayed for that conversation mm -hmm. that you're going to have with that person in the next, next seat. Yeah. So be aware, keep your eyes open, and ask the Lord, just like Jamie does, yeah. what would you have me say, Lord? Right. And scripture, absolutely. And you don't have to give them chapter and verse, no. you just give them the word of God. No, and it's so funny because a lot of people, they know, like, they'll say the universe, the universe, yeah. the universe. Yes, it's and a new I, thing. Yeah, oh yeah. So a lot of times people will tell me, I just put that out in the universe and I'm like, you know what we should pray about it we should pray god you know he knows her and then they're just like he knows her and i'm like yeah if you think about it, god knows your body god knows everything that's going on let's just pray that god will and they're just like oh like the creator right. of the universe it's like yeah i mean was it paul no it was peter that said you have all these gods for all these different yeah, yeah, things paul, yeah. yeah and he's like but my god is the god that created all of this and it's like trying to relate to them yes you you call it universe because that sounds like no accountability That's but i'm right. going to say it god and god knows yeah. you i mean that's insanity to some people yeah but even just telling them that it stops them in their tracks and they go god knows me god loves me i'm trying one person at a time i think to reprogram what the world has put in them for six yeah. 30 years 20 years sometimes sometimes these people are 60 years old and a lot of them, they'll go, oh, yeah, my, oh, my gosh, it's the funniest when they say, yeah, my grandfather was a pastor. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> and then it's, okay, that's a small little, and then all yeah. of a sudden, they'll start telling me scripture. Yeah, he used to always say this, that. I'm like, okay, it's in somebody's planted a seed. How can yeah. I water it? Yeah, exactly. Cool. And everybody works somewhere, lives somewhere, goes to some school, and you can be that person that puts out that, you can call it God energy if you want. Mm -hmm. You Give them Jesus and do what he tells you to do with the people that you work with who are sometimes going right. through difficult situations. I will tell you that once you speak out for God, once you make it known that you're a Christian, they'll start watching you. Yep. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can't uh, do that because if I do that, they're going to see me and they're going to say I'm a bad Christian and then they're not going to want to be yeah. whatever the thing is. And I have to say, no, if you are real and you are planted and you are attached to the vine even the bad stuff that might come out of you here and there whatever your bad attitude maybe the fruit is his he's gonna make the fruit so don't worry about is it gonna be bad you worry about being attached to the vine 
and that fruit will just come naturally. What did Robert say last week? That even that Paul said, uh, yeah, he was telling that people were preaching with bad intentions and everything. That's hey, right. The that's word right. got out. That's come right. on, that's come right. on, and yeah. that's all Paul cared about. I think sometimes it's the devil, the flesh, whatever, trying to keep you from witnessing. Oh, I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to blow right. I mean, I've failed many a times, and my friends have seen that. But then they see that I keep on yep. going. No, I repent. Oh, I go glory. back to God, and that nothing's changed. And I think don't let you know your fear keep you from loving, just being Amen. light and love, really, for yes. God. Yeah. That's a bonus. Yes. God bless you. Thank you.